Here you are, right here on demand, and that means you have the Word of God in your hand. So imagine you get to choose what you want to hear and what you want to see. I love God's Word, and I believe it, it page by page can revolutionize your life. So get ready for a great time in the Word. Get ready to change your life. And let me tell you something. I believe you will be better after this message. So enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side of it. Watch God bless you today in this message. Let's get to it. Open your Bible up, if you would, please. And I want to take you to a study today that talks about how you can be affected by fear. We're fighting two viruses now. We have one coronavirus we're dealing with, and then we have something we're dealing with called the, I call the fear virus, where you are petrified by the thought of what can happen to you. There are two things I think people are scared of. One is they're scared of physically being affected in some way. And all of us, nobody wants to catch anything. I don't want to catch anything at all, zero. But I think it's not just the fear of physical death or injury. We are afraid of not having enough resources. The, 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 when you come to these moments, the question of how much money you have becomes a real issue. Can you live? Can you live a week or two weeks without a paycheck or if your money's cut down a little bit, how do you survive? But here's what I believe. God is my source. Now, I know that can sound real cliche, but I believe that. I believe that I have to, our church has to, you have to. We have to do what's right first. And then I have to make sure we have to <clears throat> clear our throats a little bit and <clears throat> sit back a little bit and say, okay, now what's the right thing to do? What's the right thing to do? Who, who do we believe has our, our, our life in his hand? Should we allow fear to dominate us? Should we allow ourselves to become controlled by what might go wrong and how we're going to make it? I want to I show you two texts, and then I want to show you a story. And, and, and this is going to be really helpful for you if you pay attention to it. It's really helpful. These are two things the Bible says about fear. One is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. Here's what it says. There is no fear in love. Perfect love, mature love, that's what the word perfect means there, cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect or mature in love. We love him because he first loved us. The first thing that I think fear does to you is it torments you. It absolutely vexes you. Every day you think about it. What's going to happen to me? So what are you afraid of? What are you scared of? What is it that you fear? will happen to you. And, and then I want you, here's my big question for the day. What has that fear done to you? Has it made you mean, made you hateful, made you want to fight, made you want to hurt somebody? What is it that has happened to you because of what you fear? What has it done to you? Do you know that there are a lot of preachers who are scared not to have church? They're scared. They're scared. They're scared if they don't preach every week that nobody's going to come. They're scared if they don't get up and talk a long time, there won't be any offering. And somebody said, no, Pastor Rick, I know that's true. <laughs> well, Maybe it shouldn't be true. And in these kind of moments when you have, you're forced to trust God, you know, well, now, now you have to live what you preach. You walk by faith and not by sight. You can't see your way around this. And there are times in your life when God will allow a circumstance to come up and you can't see around the corner. You don't know how this relationship is going to work out. You don't know how the job is going to work out. You can't see. I can name for you several things in my life right now. I don't know all the details of how it's going to work out. All I know is I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And so if I'm not careful, though, 
what will happen is the things that I want to work out will torment me. Every day I'm thinking about it. Every night I'm thinking about it. I can't sleep at night. Fear, fear brings torment. Second thing fear does to you is it brings this um, in, incredible um, feeling of being trapped. So two things fear does. Number one, it can torment you and it can trap you. Now here's a text, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So if I trust him, he said I'll be safe. Now, okay, so if that's true, why am I worried about it? Why am I, why am I paranoid about it? You say, well, you know, it doesn't look good. I'm asking whether it looked good or not. I just said what it said was the fear of man brings a snare. So you're afraid because they left you, you can't make it. You're afraid because she left you, you can't make it. You're afraid because they let you go on the job. Well, if you're afraid of a man, he said there's going to always be a trap to that. There's a snare in that. There's, a, there's something that will keep you bound. And so you have to decide, am I going to be a person who's intimidated, fearful, scared, paranoid, insecure? It traps you. And I'm telling you, I have lived in that trap a time or two. Oh, man, I've lived in that time. Oh, boy, I've just, oh, I'm not handsome enough. Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I don't have this. I didn't save enough money. Oh, I should have done this. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You just live in those and just die under the weight of shame and guilt. And it doesn't matter. You know, it's funny. When our church was small, you know, you're worried about, you're worried about $50, $100. Then you get $1,000. Then you worry about 100000 Then you start worrying about a million. Then you got to worry about two, three, four, five million. And before you know it, no, at no point you're going to be free if you allow fear to dominate your life because there's always going to be a challenge if you're doing something. If you're not doing anything, you don't have anything to be afraid of. Well, I guess you can be afraid because you're not doing anything. You're always going to be afraid of something. So you have to learn to, de- to deal with fear. So what I want to do is I want to show you how fear affected a nation of people. Now, this is an old story, been told many, many times, but I want to show you something, and I want you to go with me and join me in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26. Numbers 13, 26. Now, I want to show you the story of Israel, and I want to show you when they came out of the promised land, how they ended up falling into fear, and there are four lessons we can learn from their fear journey. And all of these four things apply to what have, apply to people who live in fear. So these are four things that I believe we can learn from those who live in fear. Now, maybe you're one of those people. You're always scared of something. And you might say, well, Pastor Rick, should you be reckless? Aren't, shouldn't you be afraid of some things? Yeah, I mean, I think you should have a healthy respect for running in front of a car. Absolutely. I think you should have a healthy respect for not saving any money. I think you should have a healthy respect for eating badly. I agree. I think that's true. I think there are times you need to have a healthy respect for certain issues. But follow me now on this train. You cannot win if you allow fear to dominate your life because these four things I'm going to name are going to run your life off the rails. And here's the first thing that it will do for you. You ready? Follow me along. First thing that fear will do, it will cause you to undervalue your opportunities. It will cause you to undervalue your opportunities. Israel was asked by God to go to the promised land. He sent 40 spies in there. Go and spy out the land. And what I want you to do, I want you to go there, and I want you to spy out the land. And I said 40, and it wasn't no 40 people. It was 12 people. And they went in for 40 days. If I think about it, I get this right. Hang with me. So they go in, all right, 
for 40 days. And 12 people go in, and when they go in, they look around, and they go, wow, wow, this is amazing. This is absolutely fabulous. It's just amazing. Listen to what they said about it. This is verse 26 of Numbers chapter 13. Now they departed and came back to Moses, giving their report, and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. That's the place they were at. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Verse 27, they took him uh, and said, we went to the land where you sent us. We went where you sent us to go. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Look at the fruit. There's big grapes. Oh, man, I mean, mangoes. I don't know what they had, but they just had great fruit. And they said, look at it. This is fabulous stuff. So I want you to notice they're excited, but there's a problem. When they got there, they said, verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Uh, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. You know, the Manakians, the big, tall, strong people. Uh, the Amalekites were there dwelling in the land of the south to the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and all along the banks of the Jordan. So please note, first thing, they found a place with great fruit. They found a place that flowed with milk and honey. But I want you to watch them. Now listen carefully. Undervalue this opportunity. They are going to allow the size of the challenge to make them run from the challenge. They were now expressing concern because of who was there. Sometimes you know God will give you an opportunity, and it's dangerous. I want you to hear me when I say this. Starting a business is dangerous. It's risky. You may lose. A great percentage of businesses don't make it. Yours may fail first, second, and third time. But what happens if, if you come to a point and you get afraid, you start undervaluing the opportunity in front of you. You can get into a relationship things get a little bit rocky, and you can place less value on it than you should. You, you can start questioning yourself, second-guessing yourself. So now they went and saw the land, but now they're, I don't know. I know, it's, I know it's milk and honey, and I know it's got fruit and all of that, but I, I don't know if we need to go with some big people over there. They got big muscles. They got big, big, they can kick good and everything. They know karate. I don't know if we should go over there. And so they start, they start undervaluing the opportunity. And I've, I've seen this happen in my life where sometimes, you know, the job, the responsibilities I have, the weight, the weight of what I do every day. And, and if I'm not careful, I will, I will play, I will undervalue it. This is a gift. Having kids is a gift. The, the Bible said they're, kid, kids are heritage from the Lord. They're a gift. But sometimes when you're dealing with them and you're trying to work through stuff, you're not careful, you, you, you'll undervalue them. You could have the next president of the United States in your house, but you undervalue them because they have a little attitude today. You undervalue your husband because you, you didn't understand what he said or what she said to you. You don't understand what your wife told you, so you're a little lost today. 
You get lost because you've now placed great less value on it. And I have to be really careful. I have to be really open in my heart and make sure that I don't get lost and undervalue my wife, undervalue the church that I lead, undervalue your health, undervalue what's really important. I mean, if I need to stream live, I need to stream live for a minute. If I need to do that to protect the church and protect the members, then that's what I need to do. I need to make sure I don't undervalue what God put in front of me. They go to the promised land, and they undervalue it. And then secondly, second thing they did, it causes them to focus on the size of an issue. So let me make sure sure you're following me. Fear can cause you to, number one, undervalue your opportunities. Number two, fear can cause you to focus on the size of an issue. They were, in the text, in verse 28, the first thing they said was the Anakians are there. Now, these are giant, strong, big people. And, and, and then they list this, the six nations. I mean, it's amazing. So they were fixated on people that intimidated them. What are you fixated on? What, what, what is it that when, you know, we talk to you about going back to school or we talk to you, ah, yeah, ah it's too much reading. Oh, I, I can't, I can't learn. Or, oh, I'm scared of driving. I don't know what it is. What is it, your giant? What is your giant? What is the thing that you are so fixated on that you can't, you can't see beyond it? It intimidates you. I understand that. Man, you know, if you're, you, all you have to do is watch the news. And I'm a big news fan. Let's say this first. <laughs> I love the news. I like learning. But man, they 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 every day they give you a new giant to fear. Every day you're afraid of something, they tell you. They get on there and say, Oh boy, I'm telling you, if you eat grapes, you're gonna turn purple. I mean, you just anything they say, if you're not careful, you just you fixate on that and it's you're focused every day. And so you cut on the TV in the morning and say, Okay, tell me what to be afraid of today, and then they tell you. Then they, you know, then sometimes, you know, they'll tell you stuff. Don't eat grits. If you eat grits, I don't know. They make, I don't know. I'm not saying they make up stuff, but I'm saying sometimes we're so fixated and so focused and so aimed (laughs) that we see that we don't get the bigger picture. Are you like that? What are you fixated on? A man, a woman, being alone, being single, wanting to be married. Uh, marriage not going well, I don't know what it is, a job, a career plan, you're fixated, and so you're afraid, and you're living in fear, and that's what Israel did. They became afraid and fixated and, listen to me, stunted, so much so that they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And here's why that happened. You ready? Because of the third thing that fear does. Fear makes you or can cause you to ignore wise counsel. It can make you miss opportunities, undervalue opportunities. It can cause you to to focus on the size of something. And thirdly, it can cause you to ignore, listen to this now, good counsel. Caleb stands up in chapter um, 13, verse 30. And here's what he says in Numbers 13, 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go at once and take possession. For we are able to overcome it, but we've got to go take it. It's not going to be given to us. But when the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able 
to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we are, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. We cannot overcome. We'll never overcome. We will never be able. They were totally convinced. Look at what fear did to them. They have now began to 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 undervalue opportunities. They've gotten to a place now where they are focused only on the size of the issue. And now, finally, they don't want to listen to anybody. Is that where you are? I mean, you have to be really careful that that's not where we, where we end up being carried to. And so you know it, we are lost in the wind and the struggle of just surviving, and we can't see our way. Everything is lost, and we're drowning. Are you convinced you can't overcome? Are you convinced you can't win? Are you convinced? I fight that all the time. I have to tell myself, Temple, you'll be fine. Because I don't want the fourth thing to happen to me. If you, fought, if you live in this mindset long enough, your view of yourself will change. Here's the fourth thing fear can do. Fear can cause you to change how you see yourself. You don't see yourself the same. Somebody told you you're ugly, and you believe them as if they have a beauty check. I love to say that. <laughs> when somebody tells me I'm ugly, I want to say, show me your beauty check. Show me the check that you get paid for your handsomeness. You let somebody tell you you're not smart. You let somebody tell you you can't. So fear will change your view. You become afraid I'm not like them. I'm not supposed to be like them. I'm not supposed to look like them. I'm me. I might can improve a few things, so I'll work on it. But I don't need fear or anybody to tell me that I'm not worth something of value. These people went over there, looked at those big guys, and they stood next to one. He had big muscles. So, hey, how you doing? I mean, okay. So now I'm dwelling on how he looks. That's him. This is me. And here's what they said. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Next to them, we were like grasshoppers. Verse 33 is one of the most profound verses in the Bible. If you want to learn how your life can turn in the wrong direction, read Numbers 13 and 33, my friend. It's amazing. Here's what it says. There, there we saw the giants. And they mentioned again, the descendants of Anak. See, they're mentioned twice because they were the big, big ones. It's always the biggest one. You know, it wasn't the Amorites, the Amalekites they mentioned. It wasn't the Jebusites they mentioned twice. They mentioned the Anakians twice. Well, more than that even. They just, they, these guys were just the big ones. The children of Anak were there, man. The Anakians, boy, these, boy, big people, big problems, big expense, big issue. I don't know what's big in your life. I don't know what the big thing is. Man, I remember when I started pastoring the church. Um, we were in a building, and um, the guy, I just took the pastorate, and in the building, um, the, guy, the guy wanted $120,000 to buy the building we were renting, and he wanted to sell it. And, and I remember saying, he might as well said a million dollars. Man, I never even thought about anything costing $120,000. I didn't know what that kind of money looked like at all. Never even thought about it, ever. And this is back, oh, my goodness, in 1981. And so for me, as a young guy coming out of college, I, I, just, I couldn't imagine that. 
And, and you know, that was my Anakian. That was my, that was my, that, that was my giant. And then I remember going to the next building and we bought a building eventually for 65000 And then we had to spend $40,000 to renovate it. And I remember, you know, that challenge. And, and then we had to spend more money and more money. And before you know it, it was, it was amazing how each step of the way we made it. But we had to chop the giant down one step at a time. But the problem was fear was always trying to say you can't. This is going to stop this nation for 40 years. How long is fear going to stop you? We can't allow, even in this season in our country, we can't allow fear to dominate us. We must deal with that. We must chop the giant down. We must attack and be strong and be committed and be unified. But we must not allow ourselves to be dominated by fear. But I want to read this to you, and I'm done for the day, but I want you to hear this. Here's what he said. There we saw the giants. This is verse 33 of Numbers, uh, chapter 13. Look what he said. He said, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. They came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we, here's the hard part, in their sight. Man. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and that's how they saw us. That's how they saw us. You know, that's how people see you, the way you see yourself. Well, Pastor Rick, what if I really feel like a grasshopper? Fake it till you make it. Roar like a lion. <laughs> Do what you can. I mean, listen, you may, be, you may, you may, even, you may even roar like a, like a grasshopper, but try. Are you saying be a hypocrite? No, I'm saying you're not a grasshopper. Caleb knew they were bigger than those people, but they just didn't have to. They didn't have the muscles, but they had the power of God on their side. You don't have to have the money everybody has. Mm, think about that. You don't have to have the strength everybody has. You don't have to have the knowledge or the education. All you need is the living God on your side, and you can slay any dragon. You can slay any problem you have. You must decide in your own life that you are not going to allow opportunities to be lost because of fear. You're not going to let things be undervalued in your life. You're not going to let that happen. You're not going to allow yourself to look at the size of a problem and then surrender to it. You're not going to ignore wise counsel, and you're not going to let your view of yourself be changed by somebody else. It's amazing. They almost just settled into a land of, we're going to just live here. Did anybody ever think about, okay, so if we don't do this, what, what's going to happen? Okay, if you don't go back to school, right, if you don't try, if you don't try to mend the relationship, if you don't, what's going to happen? If you don't take care of your health, what's going to happen? If you don't try to save some money or build a future or build a business or try, if your family doesn't try to unite, tell me what's going to be the outcome. Oh, you're going to have success, right? Everything's going to be wonderful if you kept, let you and your child stay in this place of strife. That's what's going to happen? No. No, no, no. It doesn't get better. Fear doesn't take you to a better place. It takes you to a worse place. Here's what God's plan is. He said, I come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. He wants you to have enough. He wants you to feel strong and have enough to fight with courage and confidence. He wants you to dream. Dream of a day when you'll have enough. Dream. Imagine that. 
Next week, I'm going to talk to you about dreaming with a plan to have enough. Dreaming with a plan to have enough. The season of challenges come. But I believe that God's goal is to give you enough. What is it that causes people? Why don't people have enough? Why can't you have enough to get it done? Why is it that life keeps you hanging on and you just can't get enough? You don't have enough time. You're always tired. You don't have enough sleep. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough friends. You don't have enough of anything. (laughs) I want to show you how to have enough next week. You Come back and join me. I want to take you on a journey to show you how to dream about enough and what God has for you. I believe this, John 10, 10. He said, I come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. Read that on your own this week. Let that be your verse for the week. And watch God take it and transform your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today. I pray that what we've said has brought life and strength to them, that they find peace and healing in their life, that they would trust you, and that the words we've shared would bring life and vitality. We trust you with this church. We thank you for this live streaming service. We thank you for all that we've said. We praise you and thank you for meeting every need. And we ask you to do your, your will, have your way, O oh God, in us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let this be your special day. Let this be the time that you remember that God is faithful and that God has a plan for your life and that you can win and you will win in Jesus' name. Go and believe that God will give you enough that he really cares. I'll see you next time right here again at Overcome by Faith. Remember, we have live services too every Saturday at 5 o'clock right here at 9700 Middle Ground Road in Savannah, Georgia. And also every Sunday at 9 and 11 every Sunday morning. And so we'll see you hopefully in person. You take care and have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. Okay, so you've heard a message. Now, what are you going to do with that? How did it help you? What did it say to your life? What did it speak into your life? I pray that it said something, one thing you can take home with you. You know what I always say? If you do one wise thing a day, seven days a week, that's seven wise things every day. If you did one wise thing every day, that's 52 wise things. I'm sorry, I could do better than that. 365 wise things a year. That's Wow, what an amazing life. So if you heard a message today that lifted you, take this message and let it bless you. Father, let the word of God they've heard today give them strength and may it empower them to be stronger than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being on demand. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.